welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host Leanne Hunt and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Hello everybody and welcome to Knitter Square episode 12. Um, as I record this, spring is really in the air. Uh, it's a lovely day here in South Africa. And um, I can report that my garden is just full of fragrance flowers at the moment. Um, I've made a point over the years to plant more fragrant flowers uh, because, um, as I've expressed before, I don't see well. I'm, I'm visually impaired. I'm, I'm actually clinically blind and I have been for many years. Um, but uh, I do appreciate fragrance. And so I have quite a nice sized garden and big trees and things. But over the years, I've tried more and more to add more fragrant flowers, scented blooms and things like that. I've got a few roses, although they're not the ones that I focus on. I like to focus on the ones that um, don't need much care. So often they are uh, indigenous varieties or alternatively just very hardy uh, flowers and shrubs and creepers that will flower sort of without very much um, looking after it all. So uh, in my front garden near the front door, I have a yesterday, today and tomorrow, which if you don't know it, it's a beautiful shrub with glossy green leaves. It has uh, three shades of flowers um, that sort of come out in stages. So the first flower on the first day will be a, a deep violet purpley color. And on the second day, it's a sort of a, it's a lilac. And um, on the third day, it fades to white. So at any one time, if you look at the, the bush, it's just full of these multicolored flowers. It's really, really pretty. And the, f and the fragrance is just, oh, it's just too beautiful to describe. <laughs> and um, what I notice especially is that <clears throat> the fragrance is strongest in the early morning and in the evening. You know, when the, the, uh, the day is cool and there's dew on the grass. So... I've got that one and I've got a jasmine creeper. In fact, I've got two. So I've got one growing up on a trellis near the driveway. That grows in shade and it's called a star jasmine. It's apparently not a true jasmine, but um, the flower is very similar and it has the same sort of fragrance. And then I've got another one <clears throat> which is growing up a palm tree. <laughs> um, I need to suspend some sort of netting or something for it to actually clamber up. But at the moment, it's making its way up slowly and it's full of flowers at the moment. So I've got those two in particular, then a little lavender bush. Um, and I've got a beautiful lemon tree, although that hasn't got any flowers on at the moment. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the other things that are flowering my garden is and under my south facing window, that would be the shade side of the house, is arum lilies and clivias. And a clivia is a an um, indigenous species of sort of a lily it's, it grows from a bulb and it's a low-growing um sort of a uh what you'd call it like just a it 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 has these strappy leaves with sort of a textured uh, longitudinal stripe on it um but the flowers themselves are spectacular because they're a vivid orange red and they come up um uh, sort of in in secret places so you sort of if you don't um, if you like me and you walk, you walk past your arum lilies, you don't even know that sitting underneath the big leaves of the arum lily is this vividly colored red-orange clivia flower. 
So it's nice to discover those. My husband is always pointing them out to me so that I can appreciate them. <laughs> anyway, so my garden at the moment is a delight and the birds are um, visiting often. I like to feed them fruit and uh, suet balls and um, uh, seed and dried bread and things like that. Uh, so I get a lot of birds visiting the garden and I think they just visit anywhere because I've got some seeds, at least some fruit fruit trees. They're sort of trees that bear the kind of fruits and berries that we wouldn't actually collect to eat, but they certainly attract the birds. So that's my garden. Um, Knitting-wise, uh, I'm actually enjoying working on uh, a crocheted blanket at the moment. So I've, I went off to the shop and I bought two packets of chunky wool. That would be your sort of Aran weight wool. Uh, What's well, an acrylic, an acrylic, but anyway, it's a chunky and it's um, in navy and I bought uh, the other color I got is sort of a pale green, like an ice cream lime green. And um, I'm knitting, at least I'm crocheting those into granny squares. So I've got plain navy squares, plain green squares, and then um, various combinations of navy and green in the, the, the sort of standard granny square pattern. Um, and that it's going to make a, a very effective uh, blanket, I'm sure. And of course, uh, the the slightly chunky weight will, will add warmth, um, but it'll be very, very durable and you know easy to wash and all that kind of thing. Um, then today's podcast is an interesting one. I've got uh, one of our overseas members um, to speak to, and she is Malikas, and she lives in Slovenia. Well, she actually lives in Western Croatia. Uh, she does her posting from Slovenia. So I was under the uh, the Im impression that she's actually from Slovenia because that's where her stamps are from. <laughs> but um, she's actually in Croatia, and she... she um, it describes uh, the, the landscape around where she lives. She lives on an olive grove, so she talks about that a bit, and she talks about her knitting and crocheting. And it's it's really, I think, so special to put voices and personalities to the um, to the posts, the written posts that we find on the forum and in Facebook. So I think you're going to enjoy that a lot. So um, I think that's all for this introduction, and I'll. Um, end off now and we'll uh, cross to the interview with Millie. So Millie, it's lovely to have you on the podcast and I'm thrilled that you can come on and share uh, with us your, um, your story about your involvement with Knitter Square. But um, first of all, would you like just to say hello and tell us where you are in the world? <laughs> well, hello, Leanne and all casters. I live in Croatia, actually in the westernmost point of Croatia, jutting out into the Adriatic Sea. Um, so if you were to look on a map, I would actually be west of Trieste, which is, uh, so that makes Italy just a little bit north of me across the water and also west of me across the wall as it goes mm -hmm. into the boot of Italy. So, okay. Um, the Eastern Peninsula is like a tooth that hangs out into the Adriatic Sea. Uh, and I'm actually just across the border because I'm of uh, Slovenian descent, born in Canada. And I had originally returned to Slovenia 
back almost 30 years ago, well, close to 30 years ago. Okay. And um, then I met and married a Dalmatian, not a dog, but a person <laughs> from Dalmatia. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> so when we set up house together, we, uh, we moved to Istria. Uh, and that's, uh, that's where I am now. Fantastic. Then did, did you um, get involved uh, in Knitter Square through your Canadian connections or was it through your Croatian connections? No, I came, I came across Knitter Square totally independently back in about 2011. Um, I, was, uh, I was knitting. I was already knitting for charity, for local charity in Slovenia. I was knitting children's blankets from about 2009. Mm -hmm. uh, and also with the help of mm -hmm. another girlfriend. So uh, I guess I was looking to expand my borders and uh, I was hoping that I would get some of the local women involved. In, uh, and even though many of them know how to crochet, the certainly here in Western Croatia, the concept of um, volunteer work is not that prevalent as it is as what I see in uh, Eastern Eastern Croatia, where um, Andrea uh, Jagacic is, uh, yes. is, is set up her Knitter group, yeah. Yes, okay. So I have been, I've always been on, I was always on my own. Uh, and with actually with the help of a Slovenian blogger, I used to, uh, she would put out an announcement on her blog and uh, Slovenian women would send uh, squares to her so that in the initial years, probably for about five years, I typically would be sending about 20 kilo packages, parcels about three times a year to Knit a Square. Fantastic. Um, then I became, uh, <laughs> then I was too involved. I also own an olive grove where I've, I've built up and uh, maintain an olive grove. Uh, and my husband got sick, so I couldn't, um, I couldn't handle, you know, taking on this additional work for Cass and I just stripped down that, I'm the only contributor myself now. Your olive grove sounds fascinating. Yes. Can you uh, tell us, did, did you take over a grove uh, that was already built or did you, or established, or did you grow your own? No, uh, my husband and I, uh, we bought um, some open meadow and forested land, raw forested land. And uh, over the course of the last 15 years, with his help and now uh, in the last six years, uh, myself and a worker, we've uh, built this up into an olive grove, which is finally this year going to produce a copious, a copious amount of olives. Well done, that sounds amazing. Such an achievement, I think, 15 years work, that's, that's quite a thing. It, it was it it certainly yes it was uh, it was basic, it was really it really was a raw piece of land with uh forest uh rock outcroppings uh rock ledges um various uh, uh exposures of some northern which is uh, eastern so um and it's organic certified mm -hmm. Um, and this year I had to give, I gave up the management of it, but I'm still actively involved because I'm right now it's the countdown already to harvest, which we're targeting will begin at the end of September. Fantastic. So, uh, extra virgin Fantastic. olive oil, 
organically produced, cold pressed. Uh, I've won I, under my own brand, Oliva Lucia. Mm -hmm. I've won international awards for it. Uh, now, it, in, in my in my in my drawer, uh, <laughs> but I've teamed up with another world-renowned uh, olive grower, Ipsha, um, and we're. We're looking forward to see what this uh, first bountiful harvest will produce will give us in terms of um, in terms of olive oil A product. Yes, well, well done. That is that is yeah. so fascinating and lovely to hear that you're getting acknowledged for your achievements and your your hard work. <laughs> Thank you. So, Millie, back to Little Square. Um, so, you've been involved for many years, I assume. Yes, yes. I started sending packages already in 2012. And I okay. knew that I, like my norm was that I, I was, I would send off three parcels a year. Um, I'm relatively fortunate in the post of the Slovenian post, um, which is just across the border from me. I've, everything is actually easier for me from a, from a perspective of, of infrastructure, just go across the border into Slovenia. Okay. Uh, because uh, Zagreb, which is the capital of Croatia, is 400 kilometers away from me. Wow. So, okay. Uh, or close. Uh, whereas okay. Ljubljana, which is the capital of Slovenia, is about 140 mm. kilometers away. Um, and and being a capitalist, you have every you, you have everything: an international airport, mm. rail connections. Uh, so everything is more accessible actually if I return to Ljubljana as opposed to go directly east across the Zagreb. Still quite a distance, so, so uh, you're in a rural yeah, area. I'm actually in a, in a tourist, uh, I'm in a tourist region. Okay. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm on the border, I'm on the, I live 200 meters from the, the Adriatic, from the shoreline <laughs> of the Adriatic Sea. Oh, that's amazing, okay. I look onto a lighthouse that actually, that is working and mm -hmm. has been working for 150 years already. Lovely. <laughs> Sounds, sounds so pretty. <laughs> Millie, tell me about the, the, the yarn that you use. Um, because a lot of the time we get squares from Croatia and Slovenia, which is, um, the, the yarn seems to be a natural fiber. Am I right? Um, it's possible that, um, it's, I'm, I'm saying it's possible. Okay. Because so I, it's happening. Okay. Uh, so, uh, in that uh, someone's mo someone's mother has died, mm -hmm. uh, and I'll be I'll get a donation of yarn, and uh, I it'll typically be something that's you know twenty or thirty years old. So it could be it could be, and it's usually a wool. Um, so it it it's the tendency can be that it's a little bit rougher. Yes. but it also is uh, also has a higher wool content. Yes, and it's durable. So d is that how you normally source your yarn? You, you pick up donations from people? No, no. Actually, I went on a yarn buying spree quite a few years <laughs> ago um, because I figured that, uh, the cost of, that the cost of yarn was actually going to go higher. Yes. And the cost of postage to get it to me was going to go higher. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's actually what happened in both cases. So I'm working my way through uh, a large inventory of yarn that I have myself. 
Well, isn't that fun <laughs> to have that big stash to, to reach I don't, into? I don't want to show any pictures. I don't want to show any <laughs> pictures. All I can say is more than one cupboard full. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm sure you enjoyed your spree. I love shopping for yarn. <laughs> no, I do too. I just have to close my eyes nowadays. Yes. Yeah. I, I could, uh, I, I, I was able to source yarn from uh, Great Britain. Uh, mm -hmm. a lot, I have a lot of uh, uh, high quality yarns from the UK, the, the, mm -hmm. even from Scotland. Uh, my ambition this past year was that I would travel more, except with the COVID lockdowns, yeah. um, those, uh, those ambitions are postponed. Um, and one of, the, one, of, one of the things I would like to do is to attend a British wool festival. So that to me, that sounds amazing. Based on what it? I've seen. Mm. Yeah. The Edinburgh Yarn Festival. Can be the backbone. Yes, yes, yes. Or, or if I could get up onto one of the islands, uh, you know, I, I would love, I, I didn't realize until I, I was doing, a, listening to some of the other parts uh, that um, what sheep and wool mean traditionally to, to the United Kingdom. Mm, yeah. um, and I'd like to understand that more firsthand. Yes. They apparently have I, over a hundred different breeds of sheep. And of course, wow. each breed of sheep gives you a different type of wool. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, just that would be fascinating in and of itself is to yes. see the different types of natural yarn. Absolutely. Yeah. How lovely. So. <laughs> when it comes to knitting for Knitter Square, are you, um, are you, are you uh, first and foremost a knitter or a crocheter? I started. I've, I, I started out as a knitter, mm -hmm. but I've, I, I learned how to crochet. I taught myself, I guess, via YouTube and mm -hmm. books and so on, uh, back about uh, seven years ago, I guess it's now. So now I find that now I have a crochet pattern for a granny square, which um, I find it, it just—it's the easiest way for me to use up short lengths. Uh, mm -hmm. Though I do like using, I, I, I prefer using a corner to corner for anything, uh, e even in an, uh, a knitted version. Yeah. Um, because that way I can incorporate, you know, a lot of odds and ends and, and change colors uh, at whim and so on. It looks good. I've started doing that too, with, especially as you say, if you've got leftover wool, it's very nice to do that. Yes. Actually, that, the, the most fun I get is... Uh, when I have relatively short lengths that I'm saying like half a meter to two meters. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I sort them a little bit by color. Uh, and typically if they're a little bit thin, I'll add another dominant, another consistent color mm -hmm. and then just start kneading corner to corner and then, mm -hmm. and see what, what it ends up being in terms of. Uh, and uh, they sometimes color look at kaleidoscope. Absolutely. They look beautiful when you do that. <laughs> Do you enjoy knitting um, the, the, what do you call them, the panels, the sort of the ones with designs on them or something? I mean, I know those are quite technical, but do you, do you tackle those? Uh, I, the, the reason I do panels is because uh, I hate sewing. I have, uh, I've never enjoyed sewing, even though I forced myself way back when 
to learn how to sew. Mm -hmm. uh, but I find that the, 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 uh, so if I, it, uh, now that we are encouraged to do, uh, send whole blankets to South Africa, mm -hmm. um, I've, I've come up with the concept that as long as my blanket is a meter by a meter 40, well mm -hmm. then I can, I can set up any combination of panels. Yeah. So it's easier to, to knit in a panel uh, than, to, um, than to make, you know, uh, 35 squares. Mm -hmm. so, it's it's uh, it's a it's a case of uh, trying to be as time efficient as possible. Absolutely. Because, um, I'd like to get I'd like I'd like to to produce as much as possible, but yes. sometimes I have time constraints. Yes, yes, sure. And um, postage wise, you say, or do you still post three times a year? Is that how you still do it? No, no, no. I can't. Uh, I uh, I'm, I would like to post now, supposedly the Slovenia post, uh, I know the Croatian post is not uh, accepting mail for South Africa. Mm -hmm. I'll make, I, a couple of weeks ago when I made inquiries at the Slovenia post, they, they said they did, but they couldn't ensure how long it was going to take. And I'm, I'm certain of that because mm -hmm. um, the, 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 any, anything to do with travel connections is down drastically. Mm. and uh, we just have to kind of wait wait for that boat to sail before that parcel gets uh, yeah. put on it. Uh, I'd like to because I have I have more than a parcel's worth waiting to be shipped yes. um, and I know it's going to be I know it's going to be summer in the in South Africa soon mm. but um, it'll, it'll get there eventually I figure. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps in time for next, yeah. you know, for next, next winter preparations next, uh, Absolutely. next, yes, next fall. Yes, yes. next fall winter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. How has the lockdown been in uh, Croatia and Slovenia, Millie? Uh, well, um, we had it, uh, we had it, we had it much earlier, uh, or we were part of the European lockdowns. And then mm. because Croatia is so dependent on tourism, Mm. Uh, and, and actually on a relative basis, both in Slovenia and Croatia, the number of cases in, in the initial wave were relatively small, as, as also the uh, death rate, mm. that uh, the borders were open. The first, the first time the border between Slovenia and Croatia was open was mid-May. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at, actually at the beginning mm -hmm. of June, uh, various uh, various countries opened up and tourists began to arrive, but that has all now been shut down as okay. of the end of uh, August, first of September, mm -hmm. because the number of cases has started rapidly rising. Oh, I see. Uh, the border is not closed entirely. Uh, we certainly are not facing as severe uh, lockdowns as we did back in March and April. Mm. Um, but I think that everybody behaving with a greater degree of prudence than they did previously. Yes. Yeah, we're seeing that too. Yeah, sure. So have, have you spent much more time at home? Is your knitting benefiting from that? How's that going? Uh, oh, no, not <laughs> at all. Actually, I'm smart. What I, I've, uh, since the beginning of the year, I've, I've, I've started a regimen of daily walking. Yeah. And as it was uh, with the uh, with the lockdown, that was beca that became even more important uh, 
because even though my physical environment didn't change very much, because mm -hmm. uh, during the winter months, mm -hmm. I have a much more solitary lifestyle, uh -huh, except I couldn't, I couldn't go to choir practice and we couldn't go to church. That mm. was, uh, uh, and I, I discovered that singing is a really, is a very big part of my life. Yeah. But uh, since the beginning of May, we've had choir. So that, uh, that, that need is, 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 is expressed or released there. Mm -hmm. Whereas the walking continues. Uh, yes. So uh, the walking has, eats into my knitting time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, I've written some kilos off my body, which will be <laughs> better for any kind of COVID fight. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the knitting will wait for the winter months. Uh, yes. because that's when you know your your tendency is anyways to yes to be more indoors and i guess with the olive grove you've been out and about there quite a bit um checking up on on th things i mean what yes what your daily yes, you're absolutely right. like <laughs> well it's it, it it involves at this point basically the most has been done um, I can do some small things, uh, mm. which is uh, trimming off some dead branches, but mm -hmm. it grows. So basically, if I work two hours in the morning, that's already I've done I've done something. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I will be uh, we will be king of about five hundred trees, which are not that big yet. Mm -hmm. So I have to organize my my local crew. Uh, I have to plan because. Uh, as as the host or hostess, you always uh, feed your crew with a with a decent meal for lunch. Oh, yeah, it's not a case that you offer sandwiches. It's it's uh, it's uh, you know meat and potatoes type of mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have to decide. Uh, I have to decide on a three day menu, uh, which wouldn't be too which which I could prepare do some partial preparation in advance, and then. Um, uh, on the day off, uh, I, there will be one worker to pick up with me as I go to the grove. The others drive separately, mm -hmm. but we're just part. We're just, we're just going to be a smaller part of a larger team that the operator will have because they see. will be tackling the the uh, more mature trees in the grove and uh, doing it a little bit more mechanically. Does that whole picking take only one day? No, uh, actually, the estimate at the moment is that it'll take about eight days. Okay, okay. Wow. <laughs> and then do you send them off for um, refining and bottling and all that sort of thing? Uh, well, the, 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 the operator who took over, uh, they have built their own olive mill press this year. Mm -hmm. So uh, olive, olives need to be pressed uh, as, as quickly as possible, as soon as they are picked. Mm. In order for you to maintain the quality of the oil, then so whatever gets picked uh, on a given day is pressed into oil that, that late afternoon, evening. Oh, I see. Um, okay. And you have, you have, you can already taste the following morning what it is you've produced. Wow. So that's. It's very green in color. It's very fruity. Mm. It just—it's just full of uh, all kinds of vegetable scents. Um, so um, 
it, it, yes, we're looking forward to see what uh, what kind of taste it will be because there's five different olive varieties in the planted in the grove, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, sometimes one one kind of note or flavor will dominate a little bit more. Okay. Um, so this year, yeah. So this, but it, in overall, the the olive oil that comes from my grove has a very, it's widely accepted in terms of its taste mm. because it's very fruity. Mm. It's very, it has a lot of flavor, and uh, mm. you can typically eat it just with bread, and it yes. and it's fully totally satisfying. It's delicious, hey, so great. Well, Millie, um, it, is, it, it is delicious. <laughs> It is. Yeah. It's so nice to hear, you know, of your backstory of the, all the other things that happen in around your knitting, because, you know, we only know uh, you from the, the parcels that come in and all that. So, um, and of course your, your involvement on the forum. Do you, do you want to tell us, um, as far as yeah. the forum goes, are you, do you sort of work from your phone or from your laptop or a desktop? How, how do you interact with the forum? I, 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 I always use my, my laptop. I yes. am, I, I, I use my phone only as a phone. Mm -hmm. I don't like having interconnected devices because mm -hmm. what I discover is that I'm, if, if I'm somewhere outside of my home, that means I'm doing something else. And I want to be focused on that. Ah. Not that I'm answering emails or, or posting or whatever the case may be. The same, I have a small Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same, the same, it, it, what it is, is that when I sit down, it, basically I treat it as a bit, of, as part of my office work or, you yes. know, I, I do my internet banking, I answer, I answer emails, uh, I'll make my Skype calls, whatever the case may be. There's mm -hmm. a certain amount of time in the given day where you do that and then you allow yourself to be out of the, out of the realm of, uh, of mobility of uh, yeah. telephone mobility except to answer a phone call if you know should someone yeah, call you yeah and and i think that's quite nice because you you then give it your full focus whether as you say it's banking or it's knit a square forum but whatever it is you're able to sort of switch off from from everything happening around you and just focus which i i i like that yeah. that that kind of um approach as well yeah sure well, Millie, it's, it's really lovely to connect with you. And I, I think having a chat and hearing your voice and hearing everything that you're involved in, I mean, it's, it's lovely for me and for the other members. When, you, when your name comes up again, now we have a, a, a better picture of who you are, the person behind the, 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 behind the, the postings. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah. I, as I said before, I'm looking forward also to your other, to, to your other interviewees. Yes, uh, because yes. I, you know, you, based on their forum postings, you, 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 know, you put up an image of them, and and now I'd like to see, you know, how close I am to yeah. how I figure that they yeah. are. I know it's very interesting. I I so enjoy being able to to chat. It's a real privilege for me. Um, <laughs> to, to kind of connect with everybody around the world. So thank you so much for chatting to me today, for taking the time. And I wish you all the best with your, your harvesting of the olives and um, awards that, that might be coming up for you soon. <laughs> thank you. Yes. And all the best to every, all the volunteers in South Africa. Without them, 
our work wouldn't as as beneficial as it is or it's as rewarding i'll say even for us when we see the eventual squares our square blankets that's the that's the ultimate prize for us mm -hmm. yes yes on the children lovely thank you millie i appreciate that so okay. much god bless thank eh? you okay. and i wish you all the best and you yeah. bye, -bye. bye then So that was my conversation with Millie Cass and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, in our next episode, I'm going to be chatting to Athelay about her distribution at Jika Joe's. Now, if you've been following um, on Facebook, you'll know that um, that distribution was, was in a really, really difficult uh, setting. Um, the children are extremely needy and it's quite a dangerous place for Athelay to go. So, um, you will hear her talk about uh, the arrangements that had to be made, um, about the the general location and site of that particular settlement, um, the, the conditions that the children are living under, and what it was like for Athelay to, to hand out those um, blankets and beanies and toys. Uh, she didn't do hand warmers, but, but all the things that she did, did hand out, it's, it was quite an emotional experience for her. Um, Anyway, look out for that in two weeks' time. Uh, and in the meantime, I just wanted to remind you that um, I'm very open to you emailing me um, if you would like to come onto the podcast and share with me your experience of Nitta Square, no matter where you are in the world and, you know, even if you haven't been involved for very long, um, because I think it's so lovely to hear other people's stories. What what particularly about Netta Square do you enjoy? And it, it might be the fact that it's an outlet for your creativity. Perhaps it's that you you belong to a group um, of fellow Nessas who, who um, have sort of got you involved and you love to, to be part of that fellowship of, of like-minded people. But whatever the case, uh, if, if you have a story to tell, um, I would love to hear from you. We'll uh, set up an interview. We'll do it via Zoom. And it's a very easy process um, to just have a chat. I'll do all the editing this end. And um, then you can share your story with our members. So uh, the email is in the show notes. And please um, do get in touch if you would like to be on the podcast. And then finally, just a reminder to rate and review the podcast on whatever podcast app you use. Um, because that will help the the podcast rise up in the ratings and well not necessarily the ratings but certainly in search engines so that people can find it if they're looking for a knitting or a charity podcast to to listen to and um, that that way we will um, expand our reach to more and more knitters and crocheters around the world and I think that's all from me. So I hope that you're well and um, wish you a good two weeks before we chat again for the next episode. And until then, this is Leanne Hunt casting off. You can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com slash kas-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it. And you can share links on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together, we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children, one square at a time.